Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. It's Tracy back again with the best producer that I have and the only producer that I have, <laughs> Alex. I'm glad the you're best here. best looking producer that you have. Thanks the for having best, me. I the best looking producer in the universe, which, <laughs> you know, with a face for radio. That's right. I was built for radio, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, what's been going on out there, Alex? How, how's your life? Well, one taco a day is doing me right. One, wait a minute. What about the Taco Bell subscription? Did you didn't get a Taco Bell subscription, did you? But that's how I'm getting the one taco a day. I mean, it's like Amazon Prime for tacos. Are you kidding me? We don't live very far from the Taco Bell. That's part of the benefit right there. So for $10 a month, I get one taco a day if I just go in and claim my one taco. It's it's a subscription pass. And for wait, taco are Bell. you doing you're not doing this? Certainly not. Absolutely I'm doing it. I'm well, I'm I'm not eating the tacos, I'm saving them. And, <laughs> Once I've got 30 of them, because you get 30 a month, I will deliver them to your house in exchange for what? Uh, to my house? I don't know, because Matt will eat them. Apple pie. Where oh, is right. Apple the apple pie? pie. Right. Well, because, um, you know, I do bake the world's best apple pie. That's because I deliver the world's best apples to you from my tree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's a match made in heaven. But it's actually uh, my you know, job. I'm an apple. I farmer. still I still got to get on you about the last time because, you know, I give you this dish. I send you home with this apple pie, world's best. And then what happens? You come back with pieces of the dish. At least I brought you the pieces and I didn't bury it in the Everglades. So, you know, you never knew what happened. I just put a note around one piece of it, stuck it under the water in the Everglades. That's what I should have done. Like Brian Laundry style. Exactly. And I'd send you like one of those little location beacons in Amazon or no Apple Maps. And here's the remainder of your stuff with an explanation down here in Central Florida. Knock yourself out. That pie was good. <laughs> I could have done that. So, uh, well, now, didn't you didn't you sign up for the cookie subscription? Cookie subscription? No. That place down in Superior that, that you made uh, Matt and I go down there. The day they opened for free cookies. Yeah, they were free because you had to sign up for the app. So we had to download an app. We had to stand in line. And then we had to, well, we got one cookie out of the deal. There was a lot of interesting people in that line who wanted free cookies. And um, I have not used the app since. Yeah, neither have I. I think I deleted immediately afterwards. But so not a whole lot different than the Taco Bell subscription. And, you know, why is there not a Chick-fil-A subscription? Well, because you can't get it on Sunday. And that's the only time I ever think hmm, Chick-fil-A would be nice. So it would be completely <laughs> useless. It really I is. Think, well, somebody I understand there's somebody that actually is uh, is open a franchise uh, of, of Chick-fil-A and they are open on Sundays. Well, we need to find out where that is. And then we'll talk to them about the subscriptions because. You know, the other the other days of the week, for whatever reason, I just don't want Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Well, you know who else has these subscription plans? You know, mm-hmm. Panera Bread was doing it. So was Burger King with coffee. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to increase foot traffic. You come in for your free coffee once a day. And, you know, in theory, you buy three burgers or something like that. But you know where they need one? Hmm. Printer ink. Yeah, they do. And someone's probably going to tell me that there is one, but I'll tell you what, because you know what happened to me? Because you know why I don't have my show notes printed out today, Alex? 
I do know. It's something like $400 a page, isn't it? Uh, just about this box of printer ink that I got. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it cost me? $400? No, it cost me $900. $900. What? How? Because that was the price right next to it. Okay, so yeah. many questions around this. That's a, a crime. That's back. what that is, a crime. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a bait and switch. What did you get, like 50 years worth of printer ink? I hope so. It better be, or it better print in freaking gold-plated something. <laughs> I, I could not afford to print out my show notes today. <laughs> well, speaking of gold, is there such a thing as black gold? Black gold, yeah. You bet. And well, what oh. is Texas tea? Texas tea, uh, but well, that's uh, you've watched Beverly Hillbillies, not recently, but yes, black gold, Texas tea, you betcha. Mm. If you listen to the intro of the Beverly Hillbillies song, everybody knows that, but gold, uh, Texas tea. I haven't heard that in a long time, so that explains it. Mm-hmm. Well, then, who is Lisa? Well, Lisa and her husband had several oil wells, good producing oil wells in West Texas. And he tried to uh, hide those assets from her during their divorce. What do you like? Just move them around in the field? Mm-hmm. Did well, he put no, camouflage he netting he, over them? Like what hide the papers, like the like the oh. the wells were there. Yeah, and um, good producing uh, wells, and he, and he tried to buy her out for this super low amount, thinking she wouldn't know anything about it. And she actually turned this into her job, where she helps. Uh, women going through divorce locate and value their assets and she has all kinds of geo uh, uh geologists and and oil people and things like this uh working as a as a team to help people in in divorce find these assets it's, it's amazing like what she's what she's learned from this and what she's doing now hmm. so well talk about finding gold that's um, black gold and finding oil that's kind of what she does is she uh, it sounds like she goes into these divorcees life and says, let's go find oil in your husband's assets. Yeah, pretty much. I wish uh, I wish my <laughs> husband had some oil wells. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be. But, you know, he would just hide them by put a, building a tough shed over them. And you he would probably would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just the lawn equipment out there. Don't bother looking. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. <laughs> he, he'd, he'd know that uh, if, if he told me that the lawnmower was in that shed, I'd never go there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that. And the weed eater, it's all out and the fertilizer. And mm-hmm. oh, and the, uh, the compost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The manure compost. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, let's get into it. I want to hear what Lisa has to say. All right. Lisa, thank you so much much for coming on Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. It's really an honor to have you here. Thanks. It's great to be here. Now, you came uh, to me via, uh, we're not going to say exactly who, but someone else who's been on the podcast. And um, and you have a little bit of of life experience we want to talk about, but you've also turned that into really uh, helping out people. So, um, Here's here's the short story about uh, about what happened, and then we're going to dive into it. So, um, you had a little bit of trouble with an ex husband or a or a future ex husband. <laughs> ex ex definitely ex ex husband, right? So, because um, he he was hiding some assets, wasn't he? Like like let, yeah. let's jump into like what what was going on, and if we need to backtrack earlier than that, we can. But but what's the? I mean, what happened? Well, um, this was many years ago, and uh, but we, I had uh, my uh, husband, ex-husband, and I had some oil and gas uh, mineral interest, 
they were producing very well out in West Texas. And we ended up going through a divorce. And in the process of that, um, while we were separated, uh, my ex-husband proceeded to begin to hide all the assets that we had. And um, because of my background in research and because of my uh, being already a consultant at that time with regard to energy assets and real property, I went ahead and um, did my own research when I found out that my divorce attorney did not actually include um, someone that could actually help me, an expert that could actually help us evaluate what the assets were worth. And so he inquired with the opposing counsel, my ex-husband's attorney, mm -hmm. and they provided an inventory and a, a value on the properties. Mm -hmm. And just to give you an idea, uh, for example, the monthly production on the wells, where it's approximately 16,000 at that time, his evaluation on it was less than 35,000. So it was literally two months of production rather than the full value. So oh, per, per year. So he was saying 35,000 a year and it was like, no, no, 35,000 to buy me out entirely. Oh, to buy you out. The oh. life of the wells. What? No. Yes. No, no. He's a snake. He's a snake, Lisa. I know. Well, and, and like I said, um, really what brought this to my attention and how I began to start helping other women uh, that were in the same spot was that I realized what if I did not know how to go out and locate these assets and put a value on them myself and know how to go about getting an engineer and a geologist to obtain an actual real value that would be assigned to this in, in, in preparation for the settlement. And what happened is later I ended up uh, you know, running into many women that were in the same situation where their husbands, uh, you know, may have fallen for the receptionist or whatever. And uh, they're there with their families and they're there with, uh, you know, raising their families and they're not professionals. They're not obviously in the oil and gas industry or realtors. So they don't know how to evaluate the assets that they've accumulated over their marriage. And so, um, so they're, they're in that situation where they're just having to depend upon either their divorce attorney, which many times doesn't know either and doesn't know who he needs to hire, or they're dealing with believing what their ex-husband says that's worth. So for me, that was, uh, that was something that I had, I had a way of dealing with it. Well, but, okay, okay, hang on, hang on. So you had a way of dealing with it because you're a badass, pretty much, and and you're you're a like an oil and gas lawyer, basically, right? I mean, is that the short a consultant? Yes, but yeah. but yes, I, I consult on those matters. Um, so really, you know, that, that I had a way of dealing with it because of that, and so when I, I was able to to defend myself against that betrayal, you know, betrayal upon betrayal, mm -hmm. but also fraud because they misrepresented what those assets were worth. And so what I realized, so after that time, I had more and more women come to me within that situation where they did not know how to locate or to evaluate those properties that they owned. And so I began to work with them. Um, also as an oil and gas, um, consultant, I also worked with, with ranchers and, and mineral owners who came to me with assets that they had 
been misvalued or not being paid properly by oil companies. Mm. So, and they were, and I, you know, I had a situation that, I mean, we're talking about millions of dollars. And so, um, but they were being, um, so they had the same situation with oil companies, knowingly or unknowingly, not all Mm -hmm. companies have that reputation, but some do, or sometimes there's just errors made. And so it's important to know, you know, what you have and how to, how to assess it. So. Well, now how, okay. So there's two things here. There's two things here that keep coming up. One is how do you know what you have? And two is how do you assess it? So, okay. So let's talk about the first one, because I think that's a pretty big deal is, I mean, you know, when couples have assets, I mean, how, how do you really know what you have? Like maybe, maybe you co-signed on it and it kind of went to a safe deposit box somewhere, or maybe mm-hmm. there's business dealings going on. And I mean, oil, that's a lot, oil is huge, is a lot of risk, but it's a lot of reward. So yeah. how do you find oil wells? I mean, or, or, yeah. or land assets? Like, what do you, what do you do? Like, like if someone wants to come to you, what's your first mm-hmm. um, course of action? Well, one of the things that um, I do most of transactions, thankfully, are recorded a public record. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to be recorded, or they're they're not. Uh, they don't. Uh, you have to give notice of any transfer of ownership, mm-hmm. and so you have to give public notice. And so most things are recorded in the in the county. Now there can be unre- unreported documents that are just in house between parties, mm-hmm. um, but there's a, a series of steps you go through um, researching the county records and examining title, which I've done for 35 years, mm-hmm. um, examining title to both uh, oil and gas assets, but also real property assets. Mm-hmm. Locating them is a big thing. Um, sometimes they're hidden yeah. in uh, LLCs that they form. Uh, one instance is there was a, a woman whose husband had formed an LLC in Utah and had transferred all of her asset, all their assets in preparation for the divorce had transferred them into this LLC in Utah. And so it was a matter of tracking all that down. But as, as you follow the money and follow the title, mm-hmm. you're able to locate those. So there's uh, tax records, there's things that it, it ends up being more of an investigative type yeah. uh, situation. And so there's a lot of almost, um, detective work, I guess, connecting Mm -hmm. a lot of dots. Mm -hmm. And after doing it for quite some time, you're able to, you know, to develop techniques for doing it for strategies. Wow. Okay. So base now, are are you like on the computer or are you going out to like Odessa and trying to find this stuff? Like how, how does, how does it really come together? Well, you know, it depends uh, a lot. Thankfully, nowadays, uh, most records are online. And mm-hmm. um, however, knowing how to go in and search for those records and yeah. exactly what kind of documents would, re- uh, you know, would, mm-hmm. would be, uh, would represent a transfer of ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, is just knowing how to work through uh, the Rower Commission records, which the Rower Commission for the state of Texas is the one that regulates oil and gas operators. And so they mm-hmm. have to file with the Railroad Commission, Texas mm-hmm. Railroad Commission, and each state has a regulatory agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so an oil and gas commission that does have to track those things, they, the oil companies have to file reports, for instance, of how much oil and gas they obtain out of every oil well. So they're, oh. and they have to have uh, monthly reports 
And, um, and so there's, you know, again, just gathering and pulling together all that information in such a way that you can, uh, you, you can locate them, but also assess, put a value to them. And then of course I've developed over the years, uh, a network of engineers, geologists, auditors, uh-huh. um, guys, forensic accountants, that can go in and help us obtain that information and come up with a very thorough due diligence report on mm-hmm. what they own. And then you can put that in, in an inventory, whether it's in a stage or a divorce or whatever. Uh, many times, and there's a case I'm working on right now where, where the, the heirs to interest in these type of oil and gas assets and, and real estate property do not know what actually they're inheriting and they don't have a way of verifying that. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, um, been involved multiple times, but this particular one was unique in that whenever I was asked to go in and put together the pro- probate inventory, mm-hmm. I ended up running across that some documents that I knew that my client had no way of knowing. He did not know, even though he was the executor of his father's estate, mm-hmm. he had no way of knowing that the stepmom and his stepsister had taken some actions legally, had drafted documents to that would effectuate the transfer of half of his father's interest that was, in my opinion, legally his because it was inherited from his grandfather and his grandfather before wow. him. Mm-hmm. And so those were interests that were, we're talking about a quarter million dollars a month in, oh. in royalty interest. So these are really the wells mm-hmm. that were producing, and though that was transferred, um, you know, while his father was over a hundred years old, he was uh, uh, solicited <laughs> by. It's the typical Cinderella story, really, mm-hmm. um, and kind of a version of that where um, they they took advantage of the fact that he had the assets and they wanted to take those away. Um, the father had married late in life, very late in life. And so um, so and, and at the end of the day, the executor of the estate, his son did not know what had occurred. And so as I was going through this research, which sometimes is boring, but but this was uh, this was interesting because what I found was something he was not aware of, and then now that has led to a case where we're having to go and unwind some of these things as best we can, mm-hmm. and we're still in the process of doing that. But it's just has been a has been a nightmare. And oh my gosh! So so it was all just because. Because the the step uh, wife or step wife that's not the, the new new wife. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, now was he was she the mom or was she a step? She was a step. Um, it, he remarried and okay. um, and she married. He remarried a, a woman who had two children that were not his own. Mm. Uh, they were already adult children with children of their own at that time when he married in his seventies or eighties. So he was way up there. And, um, and so he already had two children of his own. And so his son is the executor. Wow. And so, but, but she got in there and figured out how to transfer it to her kids without him knowing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's do a little math. So, um, because I don't do uh, math in my head. Um, so if it's, if it's a quarter million a month and you Mm -hmm. can probably do this and we multiply that times 12, that's Mm -hmm. like, $3 million a year. 
like Correct. a year, right? And that's like probably, is that pretty consistent in oil wells or do they have good years and bad years? I mean, do they dry they up over time? Like what goes on? They do dry up. The, there was a res reservoir uh, deplete. And so a lot of the wells that uh, produce a lot in the first, the long horizontal wells that are really prolific now, mm -hmm. That has really put the United States of being self-sustaining, where you know energy self-sufficient. Uh, that was because of a, uh, a an oil and gas play here in the United States mm -hmm. that actually produced enough to actually get us out of being dependent upon uh, Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. and different sources. And so those wells are 10,000 foot long laterals, horizontal wells. They mm -hmm. go down very deep. And they, they're under such pressure and they're such big reserves that they produce majority of their productions the first few years. So by the time that we had found out about this, a majority of the production had already come and been spent now mm. by, oh. the, yeah, by the stepdaughter. So now, you know, she had bought houses and cars and and things. And yeah. so, and, um, it, it, again, what I would recommend to, mm -hmm. uh, to your, uh, to your listeners is that they actually, uh, stay involved, you know, in their, especially with elderly parents, mm -hmm. um, that they stay involved in that and possibly get a third party consultant involved, such as myself or anyone else, or mm -hmm. even an attorney that would be involved so that they understand that they act as an agent for the elderly person to protect them from mm -hmm. making any transactions in this case under undue influence, what they call undue influence, where someone who is the caregiver, whether that be, you know, uh, another person mm -hmm. in the family or the extended family, whoever that might be, or even a, a caregiver at a nursing home, these things happen more often than we'd like to believe. Unfortunately, this happens a lot. So, well, it does. Okay. And so, cause so, so you're really uniquely positioned for this, not only because, you know, you went through it yourself, but also because of your background, right. And, and yes. uh, oil startups and things. And so I want to talk right. a little bit about that because when, <laughs> when we um, first got on the phone, you said, yeah, oil companies will take advantage of anybody that they can in order to get their oil, the landowners or whoever. So what have you seen in that zone? Cause that, that's a form of fraud. I mean, for sure. So, and because, because landowners don't always know, I don't think what they have. Oh, they do not. And, and that's where a majority of the time, it's very rare when we find a, a mineral owner that actually knows how much mineral interest he has mm -hmm. and then can question that or even knows who to contact in order to verify it. Otherwise, they're just taking the word of the oil company when mm -hmm. the person approaches them about leasing their mineral interest or yeah. about purchasing their mineral interest. Mm -hmm. They have no idea how much that is worth, they many times will just take an offer that's sent to them in the mail and assume that that's the going rate, when in fact, it could be a fraction of what the oil and gas interest is actually worth. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I'm talking great differences. I'm literally a fraction of what it's worth. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this over and over again. And many times when you're receiving a letter of offer for your oil and gas interest to purchase, mm -hmm. especially um, they are a, a middleman that just wants to buy that interest and then turn around and flip it to someone else. Oh, interesting. Time. 
Yes, that's what they're trying to do. So they buy low, sell high, the typical situation where they are, but they insert themselves in the middle. Whereas if you uh, get someone involved that actually can help you assess the value of that, they can help you market that to people who the end buyer, you know, the one that actually is going to put it in an oil and gas uh, portfolio Mm -hmm. or something where they're willing to pay more for that interest because they're going to hang on to it for the long term. And they're not needing to see a return on that interest within a couple of weeks or a month or even a year. They're, you know, it's the long game. They they invest in this way uh, many times, build you know, portfolios, it's another avenue of investment for many folks. Huh. So. That is interesting because um, there's a farm in our family and I know the mineral rights yeah. were sold or leased or something. And it's, I don't think the well does that much, um, but uh, I'm sure that there was not due diligence. <laughs> but it's, like it's not, I'm not going to inherit hardly anything um, <laughs> of that deal. So, wow. Well, and, you know, there's always more production, what we call behind pipe. Uh, many times, what the wells are doing, you know, many times the oil and gas companies aren't just producing it until it just stops producing mm-hmm. and they're not investing the money to keep the production up. And that's mm-hmm. where someone like myself involved keeps that pressure, keeps asking them, okay, what, you know, is this producing at its full capacity? And also in the first place, when you're structuring an oil and gas lease with the with the oil company, you put uh, penalties in place where if they oh. don't do things mm-hmm. within a certain time period, then it costs them or they le- lose the lease and you can lease it to someone else who will actually do something on the property. So that's an important aspect of that as well. Oh, wow. Just monitoring, you mm-hmm. know, and making sure, you know, because many times people who have oil and gas interest, even large oil and gas interests, do are they're not proactive they're react reactive mm-hmm. they just respond when an oil company reaches out to them and from in between times they're just collecting royalty checks and depositing them mm-hmm. whereas the proactive way is to treat it like the business that it as that it is mm-hmm. if you're receiving tens of thousands of dollars from uh from an interest you can and you can hire someone to manage that you can actually produce more from those those properties than you would otherwise because if if you're take proactive you know I, I look at it and achieve it not achieve it but handle it as though it is a business mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. investing into so that you can increase the value of it or increase the value of an asset so every oil well that's drilled on an oil and gas uh, lease is an, an additional asset that can go into your, your overall net worth. And, um, and so the more they drill on you, the better off you are. Um, now, for instance, however, um, I work a lot with a lot of ranchers mm-hmm. that they want that obviously done very responsibly because they want to ranch. I mean, yeah, that is totally. their love. Mm-hmm. I mean, they want to continue to do what they're doing, but they want someone to handle that because they want to ranch. So they want someone to manage it, to actually deal with the oil companies or the wind turbine companies or the solar companies. Mm-hmm. They want them develop the energy to be developed because it's there. Um, and it's good for everybody if it's done correctly and they, uh, but you have to hold, you have to put certain precautions in place and provisions into an oil and gas lease that require the oil company 
measure up to certain thresholds. They, they mm-hmm. have to clean up after themselves. They have to do envir- be environmentally friendly and they can do all that if they're motivated, but if they're not, and there's requirements sure. not set, there's no motivation and incentive for them to do that. So they, so that's where we, we step in and just make sure that our clients are able to be a good steward of their land and mm-hmm. develop it properly. And wow. Respond. Wow. So what's, what's the, what's the most you've recovered for someone in a, in a case <laughs> that they maybe didn't know they had certain assets or didn't know what they were? Well, I think the biggest case is the one I'm working on right now, which uh-huh. is, you know, $3 million a year is, is a lot. And there's more assets than that, actually, asset mm-hmm. value. You know, if you look at not just the monthly income, but the total value of that, um, that's one of the bigger assets. Um, one of the bigger cases that we've done recently is we've been able to go in and do an audit of an oil and, co- oil and gas company that was uh, not properly pl- paying the mineral owner royalties, mm-hmm. they were making deductions they were not supposed to make. Oh. And because of how, because of the oil and gas lease, that it was worded in such a way that they were not allowed to make those kind of deductions from the royalty payment. So mm-hmm. we went in and said, no, that's not how that's going to be handled. We went in and did a forensic audit uh-huh. and and we went in and audited their records, which we had the right to under the oil and gas lease. Again, mm-hmm. noted something you want to put in the agreement. That's yeah. the reason you want somebody who can add all that stuff that will later become important so you can protect your rights. So we did that and um, and we identified almost $5 million in underpayments. Oh my gosh, that we, matters. Yes. And so we were able, um, so I, we an um, auditor and I worked together on that, identified what it was, notified the oil company. And then when they weren't willing to work with us on it, we we were able to locate an attorney and brought them in again, a network to bring together Uh to pursue that. And then we were able to get a settlement. We were Mm -hmm. able, they, they were willing to work with us then, but again, you just, you know, it's accountability and every regard. Well, when people see you coming, they're going to get accountable in a hurry. Now, um, so uh, how, I'm going to, I don't know if you're going to answer this. How how much did uh, your husband have to pay you? (laughs) He tried for what, 35 grand? What, what'd you get him for? I actually didn't take cash. I'm smarter than that. I knew that we're going to be worth more in the long run Uh than than the value that would be posted on it. So I kept the assets. And, um, and so those wells produced for another 15 or 20 years. And that was what helped, um, you know, um, uh, sustain my son and I as a single mom. And, and so we were, that worked the best for us. So, yeah, so it all worked well. And um, again, that I just grateful. And that's one of the reasons I started doing what I do now. I started a, a new type of consulting service mm-hmm. and I work with a law firm that helps me oversee a crew that we are able to protect people that are in the same situation as I were, was and would end up being not only um, b- betrayed through the divorce or yeah. through a probate case, such as mm-hmm. I just about, but also just the fraud of it, you know, the mm-hmm. fraud being, uh, suffering that kind of, and settling for less than what's fair. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, part of it. Wow. So. Okay. Okay. So what's, do you have one or two tips for people who are, who may be like, maybe you've like 
touch someone here. There's like, oh, I need who's thinking <laughs> I need to do something. Uh, obviously, they're going to want to call you. But uh, what are one or two things like how can they get started like finding assets? One of the things that they can do is um, if they know a um, if they're leading up to a divorce or if they're monitoring an elderly parent mm-hmm. um, and, and to, to, to be involved, be more proactively involved in their lives and see what assets are there mm-hmm. is you're going to want to look at revenue checks coming in royalty check payments, because on the check stub, it's listed the names of the wells and mm-hmm. how much they're paying them for that. So every oil company would send them a separate check if there's multiple oil companies that are mm-hmm. producing wells on their land. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, is start begin collecting uh, tax statements and the tax statements, if they're receiving royalty income from producing wells, there will be uh, the county where the property is located will be taxing them and they'll be sending them tax statements. And, and again, those wells would be listed there and the name of the operator is there. And so those are things to start with. Um, and, um, but I go more in depth than that, but that's, that's a good starting place. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that is, that's super easy. Like to start, yeah. I mean, just pay more attention. Right. So, okay. How can people get a hold of you? Okay. Um, I, again, Lisa Morris and my email address is Lisa at Eliasberg-law.com and Eliasberg is spelled E-L-I-A-S-B-E-R-G-law.com. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know what? I know people are going to be reaching out to you because, because, um, uh, you know, when you're in a, a compromised situation, you need, you need someone who knows what's up and, and, uh, need you're, a the support one. you're the one Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and really it's about the relationship. You need mm-hmm. someone in your corner. I think you and I were talking about it earlier is that many times when, especially when you're going through divorce, um, is that, the attorney that once was representing you and your husband together. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to him, like I did, I went to our attorney and I said, Hey, I need your help. And he informed me, wouldn't even let me in his office. He said, I am no longer your attorney. I am your husband's attorney. Oh, conflict. Of and I said, wait, but I own interest in these. Uh-huh. Well, also I'm, I, I own half of everything. Yeah. And he said, no, he said, he followed the money. He said, I'm following the money. He said, it's with him. And I think I, I told you later, I said, like, you know, the tables turned later mm-hmm. on because he actually wanted some work from a company I was working with and representing. And uh, I got to, you know, what came, went, went around, came around for him on that instance. So oh. I was able to decline him, uh, you know, I, I don't like to be vindictive, but it was a very, he left me in a very, very awkward situation. I had to go out and find my own attorney. I, under all the duress that I was under, I had to go and find representation representation of my own. I had to find my own CPA. I had to find, you know, and so you have to build your own team. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what I would like to do for others is help build that team for them in an area where they're not familiar. And I know that People, even though they may not live in the parts of Texas that produce oil and gas or wind energy or any of these other things, they are 
they receive royalties from these, from these energy type deals, mm-hmm. um, whether they're solar or wind or oil and gas, and they receive royalties and their husband may be receiving royalties from wells that are totally in a different part of the United States or even the world. And, uh, but we still need to track those down in order to assess them and evaluate them and get a team around her to help her get through it. Now, helpful. I have one more question just because, because you brought up, do you ever see it flipped where, uh, where the guys need help? Well, you know, let, uh, let me say, it's not so far, less often, I'm not saying that that would not happen. Um, actually, with the client where we're working on a case now with his father, that is, you know, that is a gentleman, and he is a very intelligent man. It's not because he doesn't, he doesn't know, it was just that this was uh, you know, he was led to believe that they cared about his dad. They cared about his best interest, yeah. that everything was good. So again, um, again, I would just tell people just to keep their eyes open, watch what's going on. And um, especially as, as, as their parents get older and they're dependent upon a caretaker, uh, that care- caretaker has a lot of influence over decisions with regard mm. to money and, um, anything else, power of attorney, those kind of things can thing. without other family members knowing it at all. Mm-hmm. So again, just, you know, being, being aware really, yeah. I think that's what your, your show does. Most of all is bring all this to light and, and get people to open up their eyes to things going on all around them. And, and less, and so they don't find themselves in that situation. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had no clue about, uh, I mean, who would have thought, I mean, it makes sense. Mineral rights, oil and all but who knew people would hide all like what they really go through in a, in a divorce. I hate that you had to go through it, but you yeah. came out on the good side and I like how you're, <laughs> you're helping people out. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on truth, lies and cover-ups. You're just a gem. Thank you. You're welcome. It was, I loved it. I enjoy, enjoy your podcast. All right. Keep up the good work. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.